As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Yak. Oh One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that feels like it was just a hundred episodes old a week ago, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. This is Sparta! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I looked into his eyes and saw honor. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> Each week, you saw mischievousness. Well, you know, listen. Each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He'd never forget which movie Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson were in. It's Ian Winnington, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, apart from he absolutely would. And that was <laughs> bugging me the entire movie. I was like, uh, now... They're making fun of this, but it's genuinely bugging me, and I may kill the person next to me. <laughs> it's the Missouri break. Yeah, yeah. Is that's, it the name of the movie? That's Missouri it's, break. It's, it's not a good movie. I'll just tell you that right now. Okay, good. I don't, I don't feel I've, bad. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, we are, of course, talking it's, about... It's a uh, Western. Some, yeah. Well, then I probably wouldn't like it either. Uh, we're, of course, yeah. start talking about some stuff from old. We are going to review that today. M. Knight's new movie... I will tell you, we went over his filmography and kind of ranked it, the three of us, for our members mm-hmm. show, for the Sif Pop members. So if you are a Sif Pop member, that should be waiting for you in your ad-free, member-only podcast feed. Um, so uh, That is obviously excluding old. That is correct. We did not put old in there because we wanted to save that for this review. We're also going to talk about Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, um, bringing us a Snake Eyes movie. Uh, both of those, I think, exclusively in theaters. I, this may be the first time post-pandemic or during pandemic even that we've had both of our reviews th- exclusive theater releases. Um, so, yeah. What about Tenet? Wasn't Tenet exclusive theater? It yeah, but was. I think we paired it with something we else. We paired it with something else that was streaming. Uh, That's the thing. We've, we've had other movies that have been ex- exclusively mm. uh, in theaters, but I don't think we've ever had both of the movies we're reviewing. Um, yeah. What a weird thing for that to be new. 
<laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's odd. Uh, it is odd. Um, well, we're excited to get into it. Welcome back, Ian. Thanks for joining us again. Um, you know, I will say before we get into it, you were not able to see Snake Eyes because no, thank goodness. You, I mean, yeah, no, it's because <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know that. You haven't hey. heard our review yet. Don't I, you know you're supposed st- you're supposed to wait until Sif <laughs> Pop reviews it, and then you know whether or not you're then happy. Make my, yeah, got it. That's it. when I know if I'm allowed to like it or not. Right? Cool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, this is simply because it is not playing. Uh, in in your neck of the woods, um, yeah. Unfortunately, so. not a few days. I think it's literally out in a few days' time. But I've seen one of the GI Joe films more than enough times to <laughs> to excuse me from watching anything else. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I think that is because you had to write for a certain YouTube channel uh, about did. one um, of those movies. Um, yeah, yeah. Not unfortunate that I had to write for them, but unfortunate that I had to watch uh, Retaliation or Resurgence or Redemption so many times. It's one of those, yeah, one of those, one re- of the one of those rewords. Um, all right, so we're going to get those reviews done. We're also going to do best ever beach movies, movies that feature a beach in a prominent way. Um, so I look forward to you guys uh, using your vetoes on some of my choices uh, that do not oh, include God. beaches. <laughs> no, I've got one that I've got one that is really, really on the edge. And of course, we'll do some buried treasure uh, as well. So we're looking forward to getting into it. So why wait any longer? Let's talk a little bit about old. Wow, you believe I found this online? I guess it's not that secret a beach. Who would leave this? From the hotel! They're so rusted! What's happening? Found stuff from the hotel in the sand. A family on a tropical holiday discovers that their secluded beach where they are staying is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. Now, none of that is spoilery. All of that is in the promotional material, um, you know, that this this beach has magic aging powers. Um, but we are going to uh, avoid spoiling like we would with anything. And, of course, that takes on another level when you're dealing with M. Night and everybody's expecting the twist. What is the twist? I would just say this. We talked about this a little bit in the, the member show as well. I think we should all try to get out of that mindset. We should, we should really try to just accept stories for what they are. Let them turn when they turn. If you see a twist coming, you see it coming. That's fun. Um, if you don't, that can be fun, too. Um, but I think twist culture, and by the way, M. Knight is responsible for, uh, uh, certainly a lot of it. <laughs> he has used it as part of, you know, his promotion. Um, every movie. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, but anyhow, let's talk about what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Ian, start us off. I have tortured myself over the last 48 hours. I go to bed at night with a different rating. I wake up in the morning with a different rating. Welcome to an M. Night movie. <laughs> Uh, I have reluctantly landed in liked it. Oh, Ian liked old uh, on the cusp. On the cusp. On the cusp of liking. Of, I love it's it. Just okay. That's great. That is great. Uh, Andrew, what about you? Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. Uh, I am on the low side of liked it. Whoa! So again, right on the cusp. Same Look, here. guys, you don't you don't understand nice. like how different this is from the main opinion. Like people hate this movie. I uh, know, and maybe that's motivated really? me to like it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, I don't really hate, hate this movie, guys, 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 guys. Oh, I didn't I, know that. 
I thought for sure I would be the one liking this movie uh, the most. And that still might be true, but I'm right where you guys are. Low end of liked it. I have to say I like this movie. And I, th- yeah. I think the reason is I can't quit thinking about it. And that says something. Like there, There's something about this story being told and what he's doing. And we will get into the many, many negatives that can be said mm-hmm. about this movie. <laughs> and there are many. But despite them, I come away going, I'm glad I listened to that story. That was a fun little story, interesting little story. I'm still thinking about it. It took some interesting turns for me. Like, so there's, it's just one of those things where I, I have to, I have to come out the other side going, yeah, I liked it. I have to admit this. I know everybody hated it. Uh, I also know I'm an M. Night apologist. I know this about myself. I am biased in this. I get it. But I did. I, I liked the movie. Um, what were some of the things you guys liked? Does I was it engaged. Make you... Sorry, go on. No, I was engaged from beginning to end. Like, I wanted, like, I just, I didn't want to miss anything, you know? Right. And I think that that's one of the, uh, that's one of the, you know, like the metaphors of the movies, you know, like, you know, if you rapidly age, it's like a metaphor for like seeing your kids grow up before your mm-hmm. eyes, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh man, they're this old already, you know, and I missed so much. But the movie kind of, you know, threw that on me where I'm like, I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. You know, every moment was precious. Yeah. So. What about you, Ian? Does it oddly make you feel better that me and Andrew were in the same Of course it does. Of region course it does. Like, of course it does. You- it's like with Pixar stuff. You don't know. Am I right? Just, is this good or not? Because I, I just love it regardless. <laughs> well, and notice um, none of us said it was good. Just, just like understand. No. You know, none of us said this yes. was a good movie. We all said we kind of liked it or on the low end of liked it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, continuing. Yeah. So it's you. You've just got to respect. If nothing else, you've got to respect what he swung for in this movie, and it is an it's a fascinating story it's a great thought experiment as always he deals with so many themes and so many i say deals shoves them in your throat but <laughs> yeah yeah he's not that- dealing with metaphor here he's dealing with <laughs> ma- no, no, no. maxaphor yeah. uh yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> specifically no metaphor here it's right here you go this is what this is exactly what's happening and this character is going to tell you that um but regardless it's just it was entertaining, and like like you said, Andrew, I wasn't twiddling my thumbs or thinking, get on with it. It was paced fantastically, and I think that's what tortured me, is that why don't I love this film? Why don't I like it? And when you get those feelings, you almost go 100% the opposite direction, and I was like, well, I must not like it then. Mm-hmm. But it it definitely it would have felt like an insult to say it's just okay. So I knew I had I had to go somewhere. It was either I didn't like it or I liked it, and it's yeah somehow it's just it, this morning it's landed in liked it. Yeah. Well, yeah. for me, it was like uh, the story itself is really what kept me captivated. But at the beginning of this movie, where they're laying out all the exposition and everything. I was more captivated and engaged because it was a Shyamalan movie to where you feel like you have to 
think and notice and analyze every single aspect of the movie, all the details that are coming at you and stuff like that. Because you're like, ooh, is this going to be what comes uh, to play later on? That means something. (laughs) That palm tree is uh, definitely going to come back in the last few minutes. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Something, just any any of that. But quickly, I would say, like, when the... uh, the story actually picks up, like whenever the uh, the whole uh, you know enemy of the movie, I guess, is the best way to say it or whatever, uh, actually starts to take place. It wasn't the fact that it was an M Night movie that kept me engaged. It was the fact that it was engaging in and of itself, regardless of who directed this movie. So, yeah, th- it was interesting. Uh, one thing I noticed. And I don't know if M. Night has all of his actors do this, but he has a way of getting all of his actors to be incredibly cheesy mm-hmm. in his movies. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, Rufus Sewell is really good in this movie. He was a very intriguing and captivating character to to get to know. I uh, I've been formulating this for a while, and I think it is an it is a nice uh, for me kind of a cohesive way to look at how M Night makes movies and how he directs actors, um, because you see it in all his perform you know performers all the way back to Bruce Willis in Sixth Sense. You know, there's there's a stoic, staid, almost like you said, can be cheesy, but it's just it's very uh, uh, stated kind of acting, and I think. And I've heard him and I talk about the fact that he sees movies as genuinely being about childlike wonder. For him, it is about storytelling at its essence when you're a kid and you're watching a story and it's like, oh, cool, that guy did that thing. Oh, did you hear what that person said? Oh, that's cool. And he almost directs his actors to be children. And in, and in many ways, he puts children at the center of his stories. What is the, Who's the protagonist of The Sixth Sense? It's a child who sees the wonder of the afterlife. You know, like, I see dead people. That's one people. way to like, put it. You know, well, no, I'm just saying, like, this is a common theme in his movies. Uh, even, How wonderful. Even in Unbreakable, it's a child who sees the wonder of superpowers in his dad. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in every, in, in Signs, it's Joaquin Phoenix as a child seeing the wonder of an, you know, sitting on the couch with other children seeing the wonder of an alien invasion and then he makes this explicit in lady in the water which he has called a bedtime story and a story that he's told to his his girls for bedtime you know kind of idea and he just makes it explicit in the character names and all that stuff about how what matters is the story and are you are you interested in knowing what happens in the story what doesn't matter is if it makes sense. What doesn't matter is if the lines sound like they're, you know, uh, melodramatic. What matters is, is the story engaging you. This is his, it to me seems to be his philosophical underpinning to the, the point he just goes, I'm going to, I am going to not dumb everything else down, but tone everything else down in a way that story has to be the emphasis. And I'm not saying that's a good choice. I'm not saying it makes for better movies. In fact, the things that people hate about this movie, I 100% get. 100% understand how you feel like you're being spoon-fed and how you feel like the performances are over the top and terrible. And you feel like, you know, like I get it, like all that stuff. But I think it's intentional. I really, it, you know. Oh, it is 100% I, is. Like, I just, I, I feel like he's doing it on purpose because he's trying to say something about, 
you know, become a child. Let go of that logic that you're trying to apply to stuff. Let go of that questioning everything. Just just watch and give yourself to it. And he's daring you to become a child yourself and give yourself to it, which makes the the themes of this movie even more interesting because it is about children being adults or you know you know so there's like all that stuff here it's just i don't know i'm fascinated by it if nothing else um but i think that's that's one of the reasons i kind of come down and go i think he's just this is his auteurship this is what how he is as a director and i get why many people don't like it but it's always been there it's not new even in the movies you love it's there maybe it feels a little slicker than these but um but it's there but when he says, like, uh, it, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or anything like that, I, I, I'm paraphrasing what you sure, just sure, said. Sure, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pushing back on that because whenever, in this movie specifically, whenever you state the nature of the issue, like what's causing all of this, any director or any storyteller, it doesn't matter whether you say it or not, you have to follow the rules of the world you have created. Correct. And whenever there are inconsistencies in the rules, that sticks out. You can't just say, well, just chalk it up to childlike wonder. I'm not saying that's what he's doing here. But it there are a lot of moments in this movie where if they would have gone a different route with explaining the nature of this paranormal, whatever you want to call it. I'm not saying it's paranormal, but you know, this this uh, event Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you set rules, you have to follow those rules and you can't just say, just ignore it, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy the movie because what makes the movie as enjoyable is whenever the audience can follow the story in a consistent understanding way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is probably my biggest issue with this movie is the lack of consistency when it comes to how this phenomenon acts yes yeah i i and and don't get me wrong i don't think i don't think m knight's attitude about this excuses it um in fact i i think i said the opposite i think you know i think it's 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 something i totally understand and think should be taken into consideration but i do think he wants you to be less worried about those rules and more interested in, you know, how are they going to f- win this day? You know what I mean? Like just the the core yeah. elements of the story. Um, I, I will say to finish off kind of that thought about kind of his over my, you know, uh, overarching idea of his his um, directing style. You think about his least successful and, in my opinion, worst movie, The Last Airbender. Uh, it, it's opposite of what he tries to do. The Last Airbender is a child. It's all about story. child. Like one, yeah. it's a child story <laughs> that is has adult complexity, and he wants to tell adult stories with childlike complexity. Like it's like it's the opposite of what he's good at, and um, and I think it shows in kind of how he approaches that material. But um, but Ian, I want to hear some more from you. So, what, what are some other things you liked or didn't like about the movie? Um, well, I totally agree with you on that point. I think it is definitely deliberate um, because he, he's not a bad director, so you can't. Well, he's some not directing. People would, some people would disagree with you on that, but okay, yeah, okay, he's yeah, an inconsistent that's, director. That's yeah, that's very very subjective. But I think he's good enough to to get the performance out of an actor that he wants. So I think there's there's enough consistency throughout this film in the performances that that is what he's going for. Like this film is almost inside out. 
like each character is a different part of the brain and a different emotion in the brain now people don't people don't act like that in the real world everybody can feel everything but in this film they are almost single-minded with their the emotion that they mm-hmm. they follow and they pursue um so yeah i mean th- yeah, that's storytelling isn't it it's uh it's metaphor and it's it's not in the real world so maybe we're a bit too hung up on realism and is it realistic um but the <sighs> That those were the bits that took me out of the movie, sure, though, unfortunately. Me too. So when they're being super over the top and super dramatic and humans don't act like that, it reminds me that I'm in a cinema and that drops it so many points for me because I go to the movies to escape. So I don't want to be reminded that I'm watching a bunch of people on screen act. Um this is why I'm still so conflicted. I think you need to come back to me in a year after I've watched this film <laughs> no, again. And really I feel the same way. No, right now. <laughs> no, I, f- I genuinely feel the same way. Um, you know, I, I can see on a second viewing uh, or a third viewing, you know, my opinions changing. And I had the same experiences uh, as you. I, I do think that, that this movie does kind of take you out of it sometimes with that stuff. I found myself contemplating how amazing this movie would be if David Fincher directed it. You know, like if, if, oh, interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, in that's, that's not a great thing when you're like, you know, who would have done this better? <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's, you know what I'd rather be doing now. Aww. So you say that, and I agree with you, but also, whenever, like, uh, whenever the trailer first came out for this movie, as soon as it started, I'm like, oh, this feels like a Shyamalan movie. Sure. You know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He just has, yeah, it feels like a story he would tell. That doesn't mean that there are people out there who couldn't do it better. But, <laughs> but I found um, myself, I found guys, myself, I like this world. I like where the story's going. I like where it went. You know, what would it look like with a more, you know, somebody who's has a more like uh, grounded director, you know, who, who's, mm-hmm. whose thing is to really make it feel authentic and real and, and, you know, can, can make me feel like this is a real beach somewhere as opposed to just a, s- a bedtime story, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We have to do a spoiler on this. Yes, absolutely. We, we will be doing Sif Spoil on this uh, and talking about uh, some of the specifics of the things you're talking about, Andrew, and yeah. uh, some other things as well. Just like we have to do a spoiler on Snake Eyes. No, no, we do not have to do a spoiler on Snake Eyes. That that is not true. Oh, okay. We haven't talked. I've got things I can do in the background. That's fine. (laughs) Now, if you are serious and you have stuff you want to talk about, we certainly can. I just okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, We haven't talked about any of the. Well, we've talked a little bit about the performances. You mentioned Rufus Sewell. Um, He's so good. There's there's something that Alex Wolf, Thomas and McKenzie, and Eliza Scanlon are asked to do here that is different from ev- every other um, perform. I, well, I shouldn't say that because I guess the the um, uh, Amun Elliot character uh, has to do this as uh, as well um, for the older version. But because they're aging, obviously they make a choice that they didn't want to do this like um, like Boyhood. And actually, film over the course of fifty years, <laughs> so they they had to Can make. Can you imagine oh, how that, would, that would be an this, <laughs> that would be incredible. Product would be if, well if this was the result of fifty years of work. Right. Then no, sorry, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so I, I'm curious how you felt about that. How you felt about the performances that were again a Shyamalan staple of adults acting like children, but in this case, having even more reason to do so. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about like those performances specifically, the the Alex Wolf, Thomas and McKenzie, and Eliza Scanlon performances? Specifically for Alex Wolf, I don't 
enjoy his performances in general when it comes to horror films. Like when he does like Hereditary or this. Whenever he does comedic movies, I think that that's really where he shines. I understand that his style of performance and what he's doing in this movie is what's asked of him. But at the same time, it's just something about his performance that I'm just like, I'm not... I'm not buying it. Also, I think that there's inconsistencies with the way he and uh, some of the other children act whenever they're supposed to be acting their age, regardless of their physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's across that's across all the performances, not just Alex. I want to make sure I get that right. Um, yeah. Some of them are better than others. I think Alex is the weakest. I think, uh, and also, when are we going to stop uh, casting 25-year-olds to play 15-year-olds, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's a little different in this movie, but yeah. Yeah, I understand what no, you're I'm, saying. No, it says, in, it says uh, they're playing, uh, Alex Wolf is playing uh, uh, a the teenage 15, version of... Yeah, Trent yeah. 15 is what it says, Trent aged to 15. But we all know that means like 15 to 35, you know, like he has a range <laughs> he's yeah. playing in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think Thomas and McKenzie uh, is the best out of all those that really I agree. does like perform for like the age transformation. I, I, I thought she was great. Uh, I, I thought she managed to walk that line in a really interesting way. And uh, she might be my favorite performance in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, th- for I me think it's Rufus, so. But she's I right there. So. Yeah. yeah. What did you think about the performance again? Can- <laughs> Go on, Andrew. <laughs> I just really quick, I want to say, is mid-sized sedan the coolest name for a character in the so history funny. of cinema? It's so Easy. funny. It's such an amazing name. Okay. It's such ahead. a generic I had, I had movie. This movie's funny, right? Like there are yeah. several yeah. laugh Agreed. out loud yeah. moments 100%. in this movie. Like intentionally, yeah. right? Like yeah. sometimes yeah. laughing like, with them, not at them. I yeah. think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to ask him actually. He's like, no, you weren't supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. <laughs> And so I, I think we get diminishing returns as we go through the movie. So I think the children, the the children, children mm-hmm. are fantastic. I think they do a really, really, really good job. Um, and then the teenage years, um, that's where the most amount of focus is on. My mind is changing. My body is changing. I know that I'm in a different body, but I know that my brain hasn't caught up. And then it's almost like that's forgotten about in the last probably third to half of the movie. It's just, the, the movie isn't interested in talking about that anymore. Um, and they just decide to turn 30 and deal with it, or turn 50 and deal with it. Um, so it's, yeah, it starts off really strong and then trails off toward the end annoyingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was the intent. I think the story was just interested in other things uh, at that Agreed. moment. Yeah. Um, and... You know, but you can't put that down. You can't. I mean, once you've, it gets. If anything, it gets more interesting the older they get because mm-hmm. you have still got right. Well, now he's six plus one day. Mm-hmm. Like if he, if you thought turning into a teenager was weird, good God, try turning forty. Like try turning fifty. Like that for me is more interesting. And Tell I think me that's about the biggest it. downfall. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what it's like to turn thirty, Aaron. Of course um, not. Of course not. <laughs> And that's the for me. That's the biggest overall letdown of the film is that it's. It, I think it's trying to tell too many stories. It's wouldn't it be cool if, and then it does that ten times instead of focusing on one or two of the wouldn't it be cool ifs. I I agree. I do think this movie is overstuffed. 
I think M. Mm-hmm. Night was like, I could be wrong, but I picture M. Night going, okay, here's the theme. How many things in our life play into this theme? Exactly. Let's get yeah. every single one mm-hmm. of them in this movie. Uh, yeah. You know, imagine if that happened. Imagine if this happened. Right. Uh, thinking yeah, you wish you had one more I time. Definitely could have done without. Thinking. <laughs> wishing. Without. Wishing you had more time with your parents. Let's stuff it in there. Uh, wishing yeah. you had more time with your kids. Let's stuff it in there. You know, like, um, you know, uh, this would have been a great like alternate season of Lost, mm-hmm. but it just it hasn't got that time to do right. it. Right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I, I will also say I appreciated um, there, there is something nice about just a, uh, a, you know, not something based on IP, not a sequel, just a, a new story, throw it out there for, tw- I think he spent like $20 million on it, which is peanuts. It made almost yeah. $20 million its opening weekend. This movie is a success, whether people like it or not. Financially, it is a success. Um, so yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Like, and I think that's where he's at, like his, his most comfortable is when he's just, he's telling these simple, small bedtime stories. Um, yeah. so, little bottle yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I could actually see myself watching this one again, intentionally. Like, you know what? I would, I wouldn't mind watching old again. Yeah. There's enough here where I'm like, uh, yeah, that part of the movie was fascinating. I want to go back and re relive that moment. You yeah. know? I'm the same, Ironic. but not because I think there's anything more I need to discover, but there's something more I need to discover about myself and how I feel about the <laughs> film. Like, I, I need to know what Ian thinks after a second watch, not because I think yeah. there's anything more to dig into. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think uh, the Sif spoil will have a lot more to say specifically about certain mm-hmm. scenes, certain turns. Um, we <sighs> haven't talked at all about the end of this movie, which is which is fine. Um, but uh, but we'll talk more about that in in the spoilers. Um, but yeah, yeah, I totally get why people hate this movie. Hundred percent get it. I just I will take this over another Transformers movie every single yes, day of the week. You know absolutely. what I mean? Like it's just like yeah. So, yeah, anyhow, that's just, that's me. But what about another G.I. Joe movie? (laughs) Okay, bye, guys. See you later. It's been a blast. Happy 300. Bye. You know, we haven't even mentioned, that's a good thing to mention in our transition that Andrew just uh, so nicely transitioned us into uh, as we go to our next review. I don't think we mentioned happy 300th uh, episode of Sif Pop yet. Well, I did Um, the This is Sparta thing at the beginning. That's right, the 300. That's what that was. I'm such a, I'm I'm really dumb. Yeah, for 300. (laughs) No, I was like, I'm not going to challenge it. That must be something in gi joe like did they just straight up rip off another movie no well no, yes but not but not this is yeah. part of not the yeah. yeah uh yes uh and we were joking about it in the members only show as well it's a very arbitrary number we have actually done almost twice that many episodes yeah. technically but this is the official 300th main numbered episode of sif pop um and Going on ten years. Uh, next, I think uh, next summer. So we, yeah, we're just about nine years right now. So, so yeah, congrats, guys. Fun That's stuff. big. That's Fun huge. stuff. Uh, let's celebrate it by talking where about the, another GI Joe does, movie. Where does shall the we? time go, Aaron? <laughs> it's like we're sitting on a beach. I know. We're I know. sitting on a beach, just watching the tides wash away all the episodes. M Night called. He was like, "Can I stuff that in my movie too?" I was like, "No, that's yeah. ours. <laughs> no podcasts no, in your movie. None. No zero. Uh, let's talk about Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Wish boy! Boss wants to see you. Am I in trouble? Someone is. 
These men betrayed our trust. Do it. After saving the life of their heir apparent, tenacious loner Snake Eyes is welcomed into an ancient Japanese clan called the uh, Arashikage. I totally should have prepped on this. I think it's Arashikage. (laughs) Where he's taught the ways of the ninja warrior, but when secrets from his past are revealed, Snake Eyes' honor and allegiance will be tested, even if that means losing the trust of those closest to him. Um, this is the third G.I. Joe movie, but the first to do the G.I. Joe origins, uh, and try to kind of give us some input on a single character. Um, you know, maybe so down the road we can get whatever the G.I. Joe version of the Avengers is. Uh, you know, that is, that is, I think the idea that they're going for here. Um, no, thanks. (laughs) What did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, I'll go to you first, since Ian hasn't seen it. I'm curious what Ian thought of this movie. Yeah, Ian. Well, I just think that since X-Men Origins, Wolverine did so, so, so well. I'm glad that G.I. Joe's doing the same thing. Um, I can tell you a lot about the other film in this franchise that's terrible, but... You know, the uh, the correlation between using Origins in the title of this and in Origins Wolverine, I feel pretty similar about both movies, <laughs> uh, but I'm just going to go with I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And I'll, tell you, I'll let Aaron go real quick. I think it's, I think it's okay. A low side of okay. Um, I, this is a nothing movie. Correct. 100%. That is it's absolutely 100% correct. Um since I liked it just a tad more, apparently, I, I will talk about that a little bit further. I think my my general assessment is that this is actually a well-done story. Like, the characters all fit. Everybody is, you know, it makes sense. I wasn't confused. I knew what the motivations were. I knew, you know, what people were trying, um, you know... Uh, who was double crossing who, how that was working. Like everything was laid out really well. I knew I, I liked some of the characters, but I came to the end of it and I was just like, I have seen all of this a million times. There is nothing new here. There is like, this feels like the algorithm movie. You know, a computer designed this movie, spit it out. It is technically proficient and utterly boring. Um, and, and that happens sometimes, sometimes good movies are just boring. And I think this is one of those times. Um, it's so interesting that in many ways we have two movies here, one of which is a bad movie that I found exciting and the other that is a good movie (laughs) that I found boring. And that is so weird how that happens sometimes. But in the same way with old, I'm willing to admit, yeah, I think maybe this is a bad movie, but. I kind of liked it. Um, I would say here, yeah, I think maybe this is a good movie, but I was bored out of my mind. Um, well, so it's a, it's a copy paste from every single action movie and is what every it feels single like. Michael Bay movie yeah. of the last fifteen years. Yeah. If you've seen those, you've seen this. Just implement the characters of the GI Joe universe in that story. Oh. 
you're coming from this uh, tragic backstory. Now we gotta have your story of how you got to who you are now. Oh no, uh, are you gonna betray somebody? Or are you gonna be betrayed? Take your pick. Uh, now it's time for your redemption arc in the third act, and then riding off into the sunset to meet the other characters in this franchise. Yeah, That's literally this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is there an argument to be made that perhaps, rightly or wrongly, that's maybe what the audience wants from a G.I. Joe film. Maybe that's, they're not looking for a discerning action movie that does something brand new. Maybe they just want these this character that they're familiar with doing something very safe and what appears to be entertaining. Um, maybe you guys just want too much from it. No, absolutely possible. <laughs> absolutely ahead. possible. I, I think there is, there is a, a little bit of the... Um, you know, just uh, normal exhaustion of a of a movie lover who j- wants something new. Mm-hmm. You know, going on here. I think for a wider, more general audience, um, they might really enjoy this. Now, a lot of people weren't interested in seeing it. Apparently, um, mm-hmm. you know, to many people it was a huge. Oh, sur- really? <laughs> to many people, it was a huge surprise that Old came in number one at the the box office this weekend and beat out Snake Eyes, uh, as well as you know every other recent uh, one. Um, I, I kind of felt that coming just because the the um, the buzz for old seemed to be more like in my non like you know how you have your your movie loving friends and then you have the periphery where it's just like normal people the normal <laughs> people yeah <laughs> yeah people who no, like but- Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker that group of people yeah no those are the movie lovers uh, but. Uh, <laughs> The uh, the the normies, uh, so to speak, were more excited about old than than Snake Eyes, um, and I you know I think that's an interesting kind of thing. Um, but I think if they watch this, I think you're right. Maybe they'll have a good time, and maybe that's you know for. But who, is the movie supposed to be for GI Joe fans, or is it supposed to be for a wide audience? And you know how are they? Well, I yeah, I would think wide audience because GI Joe. I don't know. I'm not hearing the same buzz around GI Joe that yeah. that you do. Fast and Furious or whatever, whatever right. else. If I will give one thing to the old G.I. Joe movies, that, uh, uh, is it Ray Parker? Is that who did the, uh, the motion capture for Snake Eyes? Yes. And the old, yes. old ones? Yes. Yeah. Not that it um, matters. Like, they <laughs> totally wasted it. Don't, I'm gonna get, I, yeah. Ray Park, wasting Ray Parker is my biggest, <laughs> carry on. But I will say this, and maybe this is just more personal for me in this franchise. I know this is, you know, a new step in the direction. But what I liked about Snake Eyes and those other two movies was the mystery about him. You know, he was the silent warrior. He took a vow of silence and stuff like mm. that. And his his uh, his rivalry with Storm Shadow was uh, one that was to be... Uh, felt instead of understood, you know, like you feel, you know, the the hatred that they have for each other. In this one, it kind of takes away that mystery to this unseen character because you, in those other movies, you never saw him outside of his armor. He never said a word. He was a walking weapon. Mm -hmm. And for that franchise, that was cool. But now that mystery for me is kind of like, oh, so he is just a guy. Not, I mean, not to take away from, you know, everything he does, but he was more than human, I guess you could say, in those other ones, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, the mystery seems to be part of the character. That is interesting because I feel like one of the things Marvel has done right in building a cinematic universe is they tapped someone who understood the core of the characters to design their storylines and, you know, movie layout. And if the core of the character of Snake Eyes is the mystery, this movie fails on that. You know what I mean? Like, it it undermines that in a lot of ways. That's an interesting point, Andrew, that I hadn't thought of. I'm not as familiar with the, the kind of the G.I. Joe um, backstory, but but you're right. In the other movies, that is who Snake Eye is. Snake Eyes is is a complete mystery. Um, and that's, you know, kind of part of the, the interesting thing about it. Um, I think Henry Golding is is fine. Um, I really like, uh, is it Iku, uh, Iko Uwais? Uwais. Uwais. Um, I really Uwais. like him. From the raid. Yeah. I, I think, I think he may be my favorite part, uh, of the movie. Um, I just, it's not a character that's like front and center or anything. I just, there was, there was a, there was an energy to that character that brought the movie a little bit of life that I didn't find anywhere else. Um, yeah. and so I, I like that. Him, him and, sure. uh, him and Blind Master, uh, Peter Minsa. Um, yeah. I, I kind of liked their dynamic and, and what they did in that. So as far as that, as far as that, yeah. Samara Weaving's not really in it enough for Samara Weaving is not in it enough to, to really comment on too much. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Any she, other, she, she, she's there. <laughs> she is there. One word yeah. review for, <laughs> for, for snake eyes. Yeah. 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 I mean, what else is there to I say? Mean, Nothing. Uh, like I feel like we're just kind of rushing through this, but I can't legitimately can't think of much else to say about this movie because it's it's nothing for me. I would have been so so annoyed if this had been the film that I'd seen. Like <laughs> dates are so arbitrary. This could have been switched, uh-huh. and I'd be like, you know, what, Aaron, screw you and Sif Pop. I don't want to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, it is. Uh, I don't have time. It's 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 interesting because you know there is a, a mid credit scene. It's a very quick mid. It's not even. It's bare. It's like front credit scene. It's like you know. It's like directed by credit and then back to a scene from the movie. <laughs> um, that is obviously supposed to be very important uh, for setting up the franchise and, and some different things. I don't even as a non GI Joe person, I kind of knew this. Like it wasn't like what it what it reveals isn't something that I you know I think. Is supposed to be a huge surprise. I think we all knew we were kind of heading there. Um, but um, but my question is, Andrew, does that make you excited to watch another one, even though you didn't like this one? Or okay, that's what I wondered. I'm the same way. It's it's. I, I had a few GI Joe action figures growing up, but I was never fully invested in the universe. I was being told like I never watched the show as a kid uh, or anything like that. So it, my investment, as opposed to something like Marvel or DC is lacking for a better word yeah uh ian do you have any questions as the one who didn't see it uh that you would ask uh before obviously rushing right out next uh week and seeing it there's massively intellectual and that's no that's not fair it doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. an intellectual film yeah um uh, you've done performances story does it have any nods towards does it yeah, does it have nods towards the preceding two following two films? I think this is supposed no. to be or a is it reboot. just an island? I, I, I yeah. really think this oh, is... Oh, really? I think so. I think this is in, completely yeah. ignoring the first two. So, yeah. That's an odd choice. I think... Yeah. I don't know. The, the, when you said mid credit scene, like that really triggered me because I, I understand Marvel doing it because you have this 
this wide variety of source material to go through. And Iron Man turning up at the end of The Incredible Hulk was Mm -hmm. brilliant, fantastic. I don't know why G.I. Joe and Snake Eyes feels it's earned that. Right. Like, does it really think that there's going to be a large amount of people going, oh, I know exactly what that means, or will it be three people? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just seems surprising to me. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. I will say again, I knew what it meant, but um, and that, that seems to speak that it's a pretty uh, general kind of thing, but... Um, mm. But yeah, well, this is also know. coming from the person that doesn't have GI Joe in this country. We have <laughs> Action Man. Action Literally. Man. Action Man. He is one hundred percent called Action Man. Uh, it's not my buried treasure, but everybody go and Google the Action Man action figures, nice. and you will be in for a treat. Nice. Uh so oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> he has a theme. He has a theme song. We will action all have Action Man. We will all have Battle to check that Force. out. <laughs> they all have that giant square jaw. There you go. Yeah. That is so That's important. It. So important. Can't fight crime without it. Got to have the square jaw if you're a man and the hourglass if you're a woman. That's just how it mm-hmm. is, people. That's what our dolls taught us. I mean, action figures, whatever you want to call them. Uh, all right. Before we move into our best ever challenge, I uh, do want to thank our Sif Pop members for supporting the show, keeping it running, keeping it going, the website as well. Uh, I would uh, I would just say it means so much to go and check the messages that come in, the uh, you know the new members that come in each week and just say uh, that they're willing to kind of vote for this show and what happens here with a few bucks every month. Thank you for that. Uh, we try to give back by having some some fun with you in different ways. One of those are the bonus episodes like we've talked about. You have your own ad free, bonus uh podcast episode feed in fact it has all the episodes in it ad free so you'll get the main episodes as well as the bonus episodes uh with no ads in them um and some other fun stuff you can check out there as well at patreon.com slash sift pop thank you thank you thank you we appreciate you guys and um couldn't do it without you If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. We're going to do best ever movies featuring a beach prominently. Veto. Prominently. 
Veto. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go. Uh, we'll go number five to number one. I'll kick us off, and you're not going to veto my first one. Uh, I can guarantee you that. Uh, my number five is Castaway. Um, Trump. You may trump it. That's you- the first time we've ever. I've been on the show three times, and I'm yet to be able to trump anyone. Really <laughs> nicely done. Nicely That's exciting. Done. Uh, I think Andrew Ian, beat you to next. it, though. So technically, Ian, you still haven't trumped anyone. Um, he could trump me still. Yeah. He could still trump me. We'll say I'm going to be. This is like snap or whatever it is. Just yeah, yeah. Andrew, hands, are you right? going next? What's your number five? I'll let Ian go. Um. Oh man, this might get vetoed. The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. There's water. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to veto it, Ian, but you're you're Thank really you stretching. You're you're begging for I a veto am. with that one for sure. There is sand everywhere. Her entire life leads to a beach. <laughs> that it has. Well, to, so does yeah, mine, technically. <laughs> well, I guess so does mine as well. But hey, therefore everything is. I could have I could have gone for signs and would have been all right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Little Mermaid is great. Um, it's it's not my favorite Disney movie, but it's the only one I could think of that has a beach. I would have done Aladdin. But that's definitely a desert, and desert doesn't count as a beach. I googled it. Um, I tried. I tried to negotiate my way into Aladdin, but mm-hmm. I just could not do it. Yeah, um, yeah great music, um, great characters. Some of it is a little tone deaf watching it. Sorry. A lot of it is tone deaf yeah. watching it with a modern pair of eyes, probably all of it, but... Um. Yeah, childhood memories. I. I. I like this movie unashamedly. There is Apart from the bits for that Eric. Are shameful. There is Phil for Eric. What's that? Yeah. Oh, Don't Phil. You remember? For, yeah, producer Phil, Phil for, for Eric. Eric. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Um. I. I have to say there is a podcast I listen to called Revisionist History, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, mm. and they are currently currently right now in the midst of a three episode breakdown of The Little Mermaid. And it is it, three episodes. Yeah, it is. Woof. It is one of the. It, I'm finding it so interesting. One of the points they've already made. I've only listened to the first episode. One of the points they've already uh, made is about how the movie treats contract law as this thing that it's <laughs> it's so fascinating and interesting. They're not wrong. They're not, they wrong. not wrong. And the, the message of the movie is that hey, you signed a contract. Oh well. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what contracts are for. Like, you know, like courts strike down immoral contracts all the time. Like, but, but there's something like about it that even, even the God of the ocean can't like destroy (laughs) the little mermaid contract. (laughs) But you see, he signed it with a trident. Right. Right. And it only has one prong. A trident has three prongs. Yeah. So that's Uh three parts of litigation you got to get through that's right just totally yeah it. totally understand <laughs> totally understand uh yeah. andrew what is your number five i'm gonna go with forgetting sarah marshall in my honorable mentions yeah what's the opposite of trump what's the, what's the you want that movie Rump? so low that you never talk Rump? about it yeah <laughs> p- 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 yeah <laughs> yeah uh, no, I, I like forgetting sarah marshall i think it, it's a fun it's just a fun happy movie ironically considering the 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 story like and what is dealing with like an ex relationship and finding love but they made hawaii a character in that movie and it was really fun because they they transitioned from showing like the uh, the resort you know aspect of hawaii and stuff like that and they showed you you know like what it was like for the people who actually live on hawaii it, it was just it was a good movie i liked it not great 
it's number five worthy. I'm picking up that Ian hates the movie, but we're not going to give I him a, give him a chance to. Oh, you're not. You're going to stifle me. I mean, I've got a contract over here. This that is says about otherwise. a celebration of film, Ian. Celebration of film. No, why do there you hate, are always why do you, exceptions? Why do you hate the movie? Um, I, I'm on an island. I know so many. Uh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> See what I did? Not not Ireland or Ireland. That I'm is on an island. almost that is almost as good as the beast pun uh, that you made in the, almost, the pre-show. Which I just almost. In. I don't know if that was a pun that was just doing a Shyamalan and yeah. shoving it in your face. Yeah, right. um, yeah, I do not like. I think it's got it's a hideous, horrible subject matter. It is miserable. I I dislike every minute of this film because somebody forced me to watch it um, and you should never be forced to watch a film so true. that may well have may well have put a tinge on my vision for this film but yes I respect that you like it and judge you slightly but he but he yells rump uh, for that one rump. yes I do I yell rump rump uh, all right, all on right. to um, our number fours, correct? Yep. Uh, this is where I have Saving Private Ryan. Um, so Me too. Nice. Amazing. Great. I knew you guys were going to have it on your list. Yeah. Yeah, because we're wrong. But <laughs> it's not prominently <laughs> featured throughout the movie. Well, I didn't there's say throughout eight, the movie. <laughs> more than the Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, more than the Little Mermaid for sure. Yeah. Uh, whenever, but whenever I did this list, I was like prominent for me was like a a lingering aspect throughout the entire movie. Ah, uh, but don't the Normandy scene is like the scene everybody remembers. From yeah, it is, it is. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. fault you guys. It if I would have counted it, it it would have been my number one. Yeah, but. yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Uh, also, one of the best uh, movies ever to uh, feature a female name in the title. Like this movie, just you know, lines Vito! up with, <laughs> lines up with so many categories. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's not a, there's not a ton left to say other than if you haven't seen it, just be prepared when you do. And sometimes when you say that kind of thing it keeps people from watching something and that's the un- that is an unintended natural consequence of understanding that something is serious and meaningful and is you know it's it's not it's not homework but it feels like homework before you start watching it that's the that's the mm-hmm. thing that's that's so hard is like once you're watching it you're like oh i'm glad i finally watched this um but it's just hard to pull that trigger sometimes yeah. I think a better way of saying it would be something like, uh, this is an important movie that should be watched that deals with a very, uh, very difficult subject matter. Mm-hmm. And you need to be in the right headspace to see what you're about to see and uh, to appreciate what you're about to see. Yeah, yeah. But even that makes it feel like homework. As soon as you say you should, my mm-hmm. brain goes, well, I'm not. Like, yeah, that human nature <laughs> I have thing. the same... I have the same feeling with The Godfather. Like, I am... Um, it's List of Shame. I haven't seen any of The Godfather because at this point it it feels like I have to, which means I've got to make time and sit down and do it. And it's just weird how that mentally changes your yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what about you? What's your number four? That's Ian next. Well, Ian's was Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, both hey. of us. Oh, right. Okay. Saving Ryan's uh, Privates. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go... <laughs> Saving Ryan's Privates. That's a different movie. Uh, I'm going to go with The Descendants. Yeah, I had that in my honorable mentions as well. Same, yeah. This is a uh, interesting movie that I did not think I was going to like as much as I did. I think Shailene Woodley is really what steals the show in this. Just the uh, the turmoil she's going through, like while her father George Clooney is like her. 
she she knew about everything that was going on and then she had to reveal it to George Clooney so the the journey through uh i think it was Kauai i forget what exactly what island they were on mm-hmm. but uh uh a this movie is beautiful oh this movie's so beautiful with the scenery shots it chooses um and just uh the journey they go on is it, it it's kind of it reminds me a little bit of Little Miss Sunshine in the sense that you feel so many different emotions as this journey progresses. Like you, you're happy, you're sad in moments. It's like tense and you're a little bit nervous and stuff like that. Uh, but in the end, it is just a really well told story that I really appreciated. Yep. Uh, I agree. I love the descendants. Um, if you haven't seen it, this movie is great. Um, absolutely wow, one you should get you, on your list. It's great, great, great. If you guys have Saving Private Ryan at number four. You guys got to have some. <laughs> yeah, I thought Aaron, Aaron was going to have that way, way higher. I'm fascinated. I will say my entire top five are in my uh, top 100 movies of all time. So, um, so yeah, there's there's some. I, there's still one that, that uh, v, yeah, I don't think you'll veto it, but, uh, but let's hey, I can't. It's, I've listen, used once, my beetle. Once, once we've got the Little Mermaid on the list, I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling absolutely <laughs> fine. It's the only reason you let it on, wasn't it? Because you knew something bigger was coming. Uh, all right, our number threes. Um, I've got Roma at uh, at my number three. And again, the beach scene from Roma is probably the most prominent scene that people remember from the movie. Um, and one of the most incredibly shot scenes uh, that Coron has done. Uh, I've spoken many times about my love and the depth of the love I have for this movie uh, and and all the meaning I find in it. So I don't need to necessarily revisit all that um, other than to say it's I think it's genius. I think it's a work of genius. And, you know, I've, I've watched it a few times and each time I find something new uh, that I pick out. So I really, really need to watch this film. It's it's pretty high up on my list of shame, actually. I know it's quite re- it, very recent, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Need to, need to, need to watch that film. Roma is my number fine. three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are it's plenty. Like- there are plenty of people with that opinion or worse, you know, that, that find it um, snooty or boring or too artistic or whatever. But it's but an yeah. artistic film. Yeah, it definitely is. But I, I'm actually with Aaron. I don't obviously love it as much as he does. It's uh, I find it to be a very profound and beautiful movie. Uh, and it's I, lo- I love a movie that allows me to look inside not only another culture, but also another time mm-hmm. for another culture yeah and that was really really fascinating you can me. just you can tell it's how, a beautiful movie how personal it is to him yes you know you can just you can tell with every frame how much this story means to him i mean it's based on uh a, you know a real life nanny that they His had growing nanny. up yeah. yeah and um yeah and you can just feel it you can feel it in every frame um all right what's your number three ian um this is where i have jaws Ooh, yes. yes. Yeah, I was expecting a Trump. Yeah, I have That's that honorable mention. Um, so there Man, you go. what are your other? <laughs> oh, he's got he's got Jaws. He's got Jaws three at the top. That's number one. See, oh, <laughs> Ian right, knows yeah. me. Ian knows me. Uh, Andrew, what is your number three? That's where I point break. Also, my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't quite bring myself to put it on the list, but yeah, it's it's close. It's an amazing movie. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I, I love, love it. I love this film. I do. No, no, this movie's uh, great. The whole 
Fast and the Furious before Fast and the Furious came around. The uh, the uh, the whole we're not so different, you and I aspect of the cop, you know, criminal relationship. It's it's fun. It's a it's an action movie that kind of has heart, and that's rare. It's rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you yeah. just love the the relationship between these two. Yeah. And some of the stunts are really really impressive. Like yeah. When, like whenever Keanu Reeves jumps out of the plane without a parachute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this. Yeah. This is just a fun action movie. It's just really, it's really really good. So. Yeah, I call. just can't unsee the the shooting gun in the air scene since Hot Fuzz. I can't Hot unsee fuzz. that. Now. Ah, yeah, just... Have you ever pointed your gun in the air and gone ah? <laughs> no, I haven't ever gone ah. <laughs> you know, uh, Cornetto trilogy lines sound so much better coming out of your mouth, Ian, than they do mine. So I just yeah yeah. If you don't mind, I'm just going to call you anytime I want to quote one of the Cornetto yeah. trilogy and just have you do it yeah, instead. Do it. Um, all right. I think Back to that, the Winchester. I think that. Oh, love it. That brings us to <laughs> our number twos. Um, number two for me is Inception. Uh, I have it number two. Um, Wait, what? Inception. Oh, the first and the last. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's son of a beast. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's the whole bookends of oh, the film no. is the you know the beach and the um you know I, I'm just it's slipping my brain what it's called uh the 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 final level of purgatory it's not purgatory limbo. is it limbo limbo limbo, limbo. yeah yeah, yeah. I'm so no. annoyed I didn't think of that. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that probably should have been on my list. That's actually well, a really number good one, pick. isn't it? <laughs> so Inception's my number I'm two. Leaving. Uh I, I you know, we've talked about this movie a lot as well. I as you know I, it, The Prestige is Nolan's best movie in my opinion. I just that movie is you know, excuse the pun or don't. It's up to you, but it's pure magic. It's just an incredible film. And um Incep- no beaches, though. No beaches, though. <laughs> I thought about it. No, there are none. Uh, Inception is the one that sh- that if there were to be a challenger for best Nolan movie for me, it would be uh, Inception. I just think he's doing <laughs> some some thinking in this movie that is astounding, and he combines it with uh, incredibly emotional movement through the characters and what they're dealing with. And um, yeah, I... I Add to that the fact that people still to this day have arguments about what the reality of this movie is. Oh, I love and, it. Yeah, yeah, I just I love it when a movie can do that. So so yeah, Inception is my number two. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what do you got at number two? I don't know. I've lost interest now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off the Little Mermaid and stick Inception somewhere. It's All fine. Right, fair enough. Um, number number two is where I have Castaway. Same. Um, okay. Oh, nice. Oh, man. I love this movie. Um, Wilson! Wilson! Wilson. Look at what I have created! I love Tom Hanks, and this is Tom Hanks for seven and a half hours, just going through (laughs) every single possible emotion, um, just doing everything. Just I I can't say enough about how much I love this film. Um, You could sack off the last... 20 minutes with the wife and the, I don't need any of that, but everything up until that point is just perfect. You cry, you're angry. You can't believe he's lost Wilson. You, you 
Ah, oh, how? How do you get emotion from a ball and a bit of blood? How do you get it's- emotion from a, an ice skate uh, and <laughs> in a oh, tube? Yeah. No, no, Aaron, no, no. Actually, Ian, I'm going to push back on the ending of the movie with Helen Hunt. I think we needed that moment to realize that, yes, he may have escaped the island, but the world that he was trying to get back to is gone, and he has to find yeah, a new enough. world within himself, for yeah. himself. Um, uh, I want to know if... Like, I I just want the movie to go on for like five more minutes and tell me if he went to go and talk to the woman who uh who had the package. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know if he settled down with her, you know, if that could have blossomed into anything. I don't know. I, uh, there's, there's so much to love about this movie, though. I am with Andrew on that. I, I think the ending is, is in many ways to say he escapes an island to be on a different island. And he, you yes. know, he, yeah. he he realizes all of that effort and now he has another island that he's on because nobody can understand what he's been through. The, yeah. the entire world has changed and now he has mm-hmm. to figure out how to escape that island. And um, yeah, I, I, I think the movie is is gorgeous. I think the, uh, the plane crash is one of the most incredible uh, crashes yes. ever Terrifying. put to screen. Shout out to another Ooh. beach. Uh, property lost uh, thinking about great plane crashes and, mm-hmm. and beaches mm. but um, but yeah I just I, I think it's it's a stunning piece of work and um, I I also enjoy all seven and a half hours of, uh, of Cast Away <laughs> so that's the that's the director's cut yeah, the slightly official, shorter than the actual the nine hour version <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> Uh, all right. I don't feel the time in that movie. That's no, weird. no, you don't. No, no, and that's kind of the point that I'm making is that it's yeah. a beautiful seven and a half hours that you don't realize happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to our number ones. Um, since you both both had Castaway at number two, uh, this is the one I was most worried about being vetoed. Uh, but again, once we've got Little Little Mermaid on here, um, you we know. don't anymore. We don't. <laughs> oh no! Oh mentions. no! Oh no! no. Uh, I counted the Truman Show. I, I there's there's enough that happens with him looking out over the water and trying to figure out how to sail, and, you know, or if he's going like his fear of the water. I, that's yeah. a fair point. That is a fair point. But it is it is it's like the promotion of it is a beach. Like he sits more on a dock than the actual beach. Like when he's yeah. thinking about that kind of stuff. But no, but what's I the know name of the girl iffy, that he but, that he's a. Uh, crushing on that he's like a, he meets her in Fiji mm-hmm. and doesn't he get reunited with his dad on the beach too mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm actually I'm not going to take I, it away from you I yeah. think no I wouldn't fine. have vetoed yeah, this one I, I love this movie um, I yeah. you know it, it's it's in my you know top 20 of all time um, I just I think it's it's a special special film I think um, as amazing as people know Jim Carrey is, I still think he's somehow underrated uh, as a dramatic actor. I think he's doing things mm-hmm. in this movie that no other actor could do. I feel like there there are things he does in this movie that combine his elasticity with his dramatic chops in a way that I just don't know how anybody else pulls them off. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I, I love everything this movie has to say about free will, uh, all of that kind of stuff. So um so yeah, anyhow, any chance to mention the Truman Show, I will take it, even if it's no, stretching totally uh, the topic a little bit. No, Phil, beaches don't have to have sand. There are rocky <laughs> beaches. Yeah. There are pebble true. beaches. That's true. Pebble Although beach. actually, Phil's backing me up, so shut up, Andrew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. All right, what do you got at number one, Ian? 
Um, this is where I have Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just oh, two yeah. thumbs up. Adore this movie. Um, as as much as Nolan managed to do some questionable things with sound in Tenet, he probably used all of the available skill he has to pull off the soundscape in Dunkirk, and now there's nothing left. Um, everything about this movie is it's nearly perfect for me um yes on first watch can be slightly confusing with uh the time elements but he doesn't overdo it and there's enough sprinkled through where it it all comes together in the last half an hour and you by that point you are oriented really well um the performances are fantastic it's it it's such a respectful homage to Dunkirk and to that battle and oh it's it's hard to go through it with a dry eye at the very end when you see the the civilian fleet coming towards the beach and loading everyone up get on board and we're going to get you home like oh shivers how close it's how close phenomenal. are you to the british side of that uh connection that ferry uh the dunkirk ferry back and forth like um yeah it's taught at schools um there's a th- pretty much every every single history class of every single year group has a module on some aspect of world war two and world war one um so yeah and it's uh, i don't think he's necessarily going for a historical accuracy but he's telling the story of yeah the people that risked everything to to get the people home well uh geographically though is like if you were to drive to you know oh you meant geographically yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry yeah no 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 <laughs> Oh, you meant like the actual I, history. Both are um, fine. I, I like love, that. Yeah, I, I like both. I like both. Now, I'm, um, I could not be more landlocked. I am quadruply landlocked. Oh. But having said that, I'm still a two-hour drive away. Right. Like, England is so small, I can, you could still get there. Right. Um, so, yeah, I have I have been that way and visited that, that area. Um, but, yeah, it's incredible. You know, incredible it's interesting film. you say that. Uh, I, I lived in the very middle of the lower peninsula of Michigan for um, a lot of my life. And... Uh, it's kind of the same thing. You could drive to both. It'd take you two hours to get to each side. I wonder if Michigan is, is fairly similar to, to kind of Great Britain and kind of that. Uh, I mean, obviously, Great Britain has water on all sides. Michigan has water on <laughs> we do. three yeah. sides. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, think if we were if we were a state, we would be, I think, somewhere in the the bottom third in terms of geographical size. size like yeah, we're, yeah. we're very, very small. Yeah. yeah. U.S. is kind of big. Uh, Dun- yeah. Dunkirk is is great. It really is, and um, uh, that is one my opinion on has increased uh over yeah, the time every since watch. since uh, since I saw it the first time. So so yeah, good call, Aaron. You and I we weren't really fans of the movie whenever it first came out. Whenever we first I, did our I remember really it. respecting it, but not have been yeah. drawn in by it. And um and yeah, I think that's it's. I think there's there's something to be said for clarity that Nolan doesn't care. I shouldn't say he doesn't care about it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Care. He doesn't prioritize it um, because yeah. I think he sees film as eternal, which it is uh, in a, uh, eternal in the way that I mean it, meaning long lasting um, mm-hmm. in that it doesn't matter if you get it the first time. Doesn't matter if you get it the second time. Doesn't matter if you get it the third time. It, if you if you watch it enough, you know you'll you'll understand it. So he doesn't prioritize first watch clarity, and Dunkirk suffers from that. I think uh, in a lot of ways. Agreed. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number one, hey, Andrew, and I want Tom Hardy's plane that doesn't need uh, petrol to fly. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Although I don't care for that silent 
the silent strafing across the screen. So good. No engine. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Yeah. Uh, worth so all good. of the science breaking. So good. Did you notice I was said petrol? That's right, you did. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. It was actually <laughs> running on diesel. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Some corn corn power. Yep, I'm going to go with Jaws. Yeah. Uh, it's what, what else could be said about this movie? It's one of the most famous movies of all time. It's a classic. Uh, this movie is what I consider tied to be the most terrifying movie ever made, tied with John Carpenter's The Thing. And that's, and it's really predicated on the fact that sharks are my number one fear. My second fear is the ocean in general. So oh no. everything oh about no. this movie is like aimed right like at this me. To, yeah. <laughs> I love this film because I think that the chemistry between our three leads is just so amazing. How, it is incredible, yeah. How, you know, different they all are. And they're working on this tiny tiny boat my big con with the movie is why did they go out on that instead of his big nautical boat that he had you know his like a science uh, scientific boat that he, that he brought initially i'm like go go get the shark in that one you know um mm-hmm. but no uh yeah the amity island man it's uh where colorful jacket wearing mares don't care about their population as much as they do about <laughs> return summer investments. Like I would love that. it if that was fiction though, but I just don't feel like it is. I think he's the most realistic character in the entire movie. He would keep that beach open. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's like a eyes. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It is. It's, and, it's oh and, it's yeah, and he's telling the story of how he was on the uh, the Indianapolis, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sank. Which is a true story, by the way, in case some people out there don't know, the USS Indianapolis was shot or hit with a torpedo. And I think 2,000 people went into the water and I think 300 or something like that came out because the rest were eaten by sharks. Yeah, It's a horrifying story that was portrayed in a not-so-great Nicolas Cage movie called USS Indianapolis. Oh, well, there, uh, you there you yeah. go. Yeah. But Jaws, on the other hand... That's number one. That is completely true story. Um, I'm tired and I want to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think we have to say Castaway since uh, it was on all three of our lists and you two had it really high up. Um, I'm cool with that. Surprising, but uh, but yeah, I think Castaway is uh, kind of our our, um, pick together. Uh, Honorable mentions. Uh, Who would like to go first? I only have one. Well, then go ahead. Shout it out. I have Scorsese's at the beach. Yeah. Sure. I, I like this movie. I don't. It's probably his least loved movie out of everyone that he's done. I think it's interesting. You know, it 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 went in a way where I thought it was going to be whenever I first saw it, and I didn't really know who Scorsese was. Like you know, when I was a young mm-hmm. lad, I just thought it was going to be you know like oh some young teens go to a secret beach and then you know they have great sexy time for you know two hours, but then this movie turns i guess is the best way to say it and it gets really weird and pretty dark but really good man dicaprio he i I think the guy knows how to act yeah i I, think you're right i might (laughs) i might set my watch and warrant on that that he knows how to act yeah i don't know he hasn't won enough oscars for me to to prove that's true that's true true. gotta have the trophies (laughs) uh ian what about you any honorable mentions you wanted to throw out there 
Yeah, you got most of mine, so I'm going to focus on two English films. Mr. Bean's Holiday. Mm. Um, not a good movie. Not a good movie, but I love it because I will it's watch Rowan Atkinson. Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch Rowan Atkinson do whatever. And this was the first time I got to see a Mr. Bean film as an adult. So it was, yeah, I can I can go and choose to watch this. So that was great. Um, and a film that nobody outside of England will have heard of called Kevin and Perry Go Large. Now, this is definitely an R-rated 18 film. Um, it's a spin-off from a sketch show that was big in the early 90s. Um, not going to be to everyone's taste, but I, it's a guilty pleasure and it's hilarious and a large chunk of it takes place on the beach and anybody listening that has heard it is immediately judging me. Um, again, bad film, but really funny. Yeah. 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 There you go. I just thought of one more before Aaron sure. goes, because you mentioned Rowan Atkinson. And for those of you who don't know, the Olympics are going on right now. Last time the Olympics were going on, it was in London, and Rowan Atkinson had a pretty amazing bit for the opening set of <sighs> so the... So good. Yes. Yeah. Where he was playing Chariots of Fire, which is on a beach. Yes, it is. So I'll Prominent throw, I'll throw out Chariots of Fire. Pull. That's a good movie. Nice. There you go. No, I'm, I'm giving Ian credit for that one. You get half I'll partial take it. credit. Yeah. What nice. an amazing, I get the Oscar. amazing thought process that got you there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Planet of the Apes has a prominent beach scene. Uh, oh, gosh, man. I didn't important. think of that. Uh, Dr. No, uh, a lot of beach in, uh, in Dr. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I've kind of been working my way through the the Bond stuff. I think that's the first, right? That's the very first uh, Bond. That's number one. The first of this canon. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Talented Mr. Ripley probably has enough uh, beach moments in it to, to warrant. It's an underappreciated movie. Yeah. Um, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar is a recent oh, uh, beach movie. A lot of fun. Lot <laughs> I of love fun. that movie. I, I, I was Whenever we first did a review for that movie, I was kind of teetering. I said, this is either one of the funniest movies ever made or one of the dumbest movies ever made. <laughs> I'm landing on both? funny. I love this movie now. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Blake Lively, The Shallows. Um, uh, speaking of oh, a shark movie, yes. um, I, I think that movie's really fun. Uh, and then I also wanted to mention Fifty First Dates. Uh, the Sandler uh, movie is is fun as well. So big sigh for me. Big sigh. Are you no, going to rump not. that one, Ian? <laughs> uh, I am rumping it as hard as I can rump a film. <laughs> Nice. I'm pretty tired after forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to our buried treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that uh, you want to make sure people know about? Ian, you are the guest, so you go last. Andrew, why don't you go first? I can't tell you guys how excited I am for my buried treasure. Oh. <laughs> so this week, uh, this past week, uh, the new Bruce Willis movie came out on Netflix called Cosmic Sin. Gentlemen, this is the worst movie ever made. <laughs> oh no! And you're recommending it. <laughs> Do you not understand what a historical moment this is? Oh, okay. Yeah, the worst it. movie ever made was just released. <laughs> what is, is it called? Cosmic Sin. It stars Bruce Willis, uh, uh, Frank Grillo, and a couple others. It's a I can't even describe what the movie's about because the movie makes that little sense. Okay. Uh, what I thought was initially going to be alien zombies, it turned out to not be that kind of that. The Everything about this movie is... And it, this is not one of those movies where it's like so bad that it's good. It's not like The okay. Room or anything like that. This is a straight-up 
horrible, horrible movie. Um, it's not it's not a meta bad movie. They tried to make a good movie, and uh, oh, Phil Su- Phil says that uh, Cosmic Sin has a three on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I was just chuckling at. Three yeah. percent. That's rough. Yeah, mm. Uh, mm. I'll have to look up what it says, what it has on IMDb, but. Uh, uh, it's uh, everything two and about a half. this movie is two and a half. <laughs> yeah, two and a half. That's, that's really Woo! rough. The acting is horrible. The dialogue is horrible. The dialogue in this movie is a combination of it's it, it takes place in the future, like I think twenty five hundred or whatever, something like that. They they make everything uh, like futuristic by throwing the word quantum in front of it every every no and i'm not saying like quantum in general literally the word quantum that's the only future like science sciencey word that they have they have quantum suits they have quantum drives they have quantum portals they have quantum eggnog machines they have quantum everything is quantum and the rest of the dialogue is super cringy retorts to something somebody else had just said the graphics are horrible. The editing is horrible. The cinematography, everything about this movie is so bad. But you have to watch it because it's the worst movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there have been bad movies. There have been really bad movies. There's been First Cow. There's been so hey, many movies. <laughs> See what I did there? No, no, I wouldn't even put First Cow in that. Uh, but there's been so many bad movies. This is a movie that Aaron, you would go. You know what? Last Airbender wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh. I'm dead serious. Like, uh, there was a movie that came out in the 90s called The Avengers. It's not the one that everybody's mm-hmm. No, I know that movie. I've it's seen a, that movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's a movie with Sean Connery. English yeah, show, isn't it? Yeah. With yeah. Ray Fiennes, Uma Thurman, and Sean Connery. For me, that used to be the worst movie ever made. I am so excited that there is a new worst movie ever made. I, I'm generally excited about this because as I was watching the movie, at first I'm like, ah, this movie's not good. Oh, this movie's horrible. This is... Are they going to make the worst movie ever made? And then it slowly <laughs> progressed to the end where I'm like rooting like, come on, you guys can stick the landing. You can, you can do, do it. it. You can so make close. the worst movie. You mean and fumble the landing. me in the last yeah, half hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, don't, don't do a good twist at the end. You can do it. You can get that. <laughs> guys, you can fumble this landing. If you just fumble this landing, you'll be the worst movie ever made. <laughs> I know. Like... I'm generally just as excited as I would be if the greatest movie of all time had come out. Like, it's it's the opposite end of that spectrum. Like, oh my goodness, I've just watched history. This is the worst movie ever made. It's amazing. I can't you have to your admit, logic you have to, you have to admit, you kind of want to watch it now, don't you? <laughs> I'm going to. Because you, yeah, you're you curious about what is the worst movie ever made. You've sold me. Yeah. What if I come back next week and I'm like, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> then you would be how I felt whenever we watched Last Jedi. <laughs> um, cosmic, it, yeah. Oh, f- yeah. Phil said a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and Ian, you said a two point five on 2. IMDb. Two point five on IMDb. Yeah, I know rankings don't whatever, but still, sure. that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. Worst. Try and top that, guys. Worst movie uh, of all time. I'm not going to. I am, however. No, I've misunderstood this entirely. <laughs> like, <laughs> and how perfect is it that episode 300, a monumental episode, that true. I choose something <laughs> terrible for the buried treasure? Yes. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. It happens. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes buried treasure is a, a rusty fork, and you don't realize how important it is until later. You know, so um, so you hey, never know. Little mermaid got it. I was like, wait. <laughs> uh, I don't even think that was a little mermaid pool. Nice. I think that was a. I think it was, was a, another pool. I think that was a that was a double. That was a double reference right there. Uh, Ooh, so, very nice. Um, very nice. I'm going with something I actually loved. Uh, imagine that. Uh, I'm That's go- weird. <laughs> I'm going with. A TV, a new TV show on Apple TV Plus um, called Schmigadoon. Uh, I have had several people recommend this to me. Um, it's made for you. That is what they all say. Hey, Aaron, did you know there's a TV <laughs> show that was made for you on Apple TV Plus? Yeah. I was like, no, I did not know that. Uh, so I finally got around to watching the first three episodes. There are three episodes out. I believe there are going to be six. I could be wrong about that. Uh, they are about a half hour long. So this is one of those nice, uh, you know, easy watches. Um, everybody who told me this was something for me, congratulations. You know me. Um, this <laughs> this, uh, this is, is so made for me. Um, it is both a, uh, a fun clever funny modern musical and also a complete meta takedown of uh musicals from the 40s and 50s um it is uh it manages to be both things and be both things very well it has very very talented people um in it keegan michael key and um uh cecily strong i believe is her name keegan michael key and yeah Cecily Strong are your leads. They are great together. And then you've got the townsfolk or whatever that are, you know, um, in the musical part of things. And you've got a lot of super talented people in that. Uh, Just to clarify the plot, uh, Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong find themselves trapped in a 40s-style musical uh, as they're working on their very modern marriage. And so... um, Whoever is writing this and doing this definitely understands Oklahoma and uh, singing in the rain, and you know, like they they get all of these Ooh, wow. tropes. Um, so it's yeah. it's written by Ken Dario. He's the creator. You may know him from such amazing works as Bubble Boy, Horton Hears <laughs> a Who, and The Lorax. Listen, Horton Hears a Who and Lorax aren't bad movies. Like those, you know, there's some real fun in those. Um, oh, he also but, wrote yeah. Despicable Me. Okay, so yeah, he's done stuff. Uh, high, high recommend for me. I think if nothing else, you'll laugh a lot. Uh, what's amazing is I think it somehow will appeal to both people who love musicals and people who hate musicals. I think somehow they have threaded that needle really well. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I cannot recommend it more. It is on Apple TV plus it is called Schmigadoon, um, which I believe is a reference to Brigadoon, uh, which is a Gene Kelly musical, um, so, Brigadoon Schmigadoon. Brigadoon Schmigadoon, I'm guessing is where it's from. Isn't Alan but. Cumming like the mayor mm-hmm. uh, or something? Yes. Yeah. Like, I love that they actually get actual Broadway people to be in this show for the musical and stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen you know, Chenoweth like, is in this too. I mean, come on. Uh, so, yeah, lots of, lots of great talent here uh, doing some pretty fun stuff. Fred Armisen. So, yeah, Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon is uh, again on Apple TV. Plus. Also, Ted Lasso season two just started. Ted Lasso season two just dropped. Love yeah. me some Ted Lasso. Uh, Ian, hey, what yeah. do you have for your buried Most. treasure? 
I think I misunderstood. I'm actually going to go with the Chronicles of Riddick, um, <laughs> which is what I believe to be the worst movie ever made. Um, no, so I'm I get a slightly twisted sense of what a buried treasure might be being in England because it might be that I'm talking about something that yeah no everyone watches that, but um, for me this week it's the Good Doctor, um, which is a TV show um, that is probably huge in America. It's not very yes. huge over here. Um, but I want to talk about it because I flipping love this show. Um, I have a tangential experience with autism and this is so respectful and fascinating to how it treats, how it treats the condition, how it treats the people, how it treats the, the people in, um, Sean's life, how he navigates just the things that we take for granted, um, and then there's the whole other stories. It's not just a show about that. It's a show about his mentor and how he's working through possibly losing him. Um, it spends just as much time on the side characters who are, it's kind of scrubs-ish. They're new doctors that are um, finding their place in the hospital. Um, same creators, um, the, um, same David Shaw, the same chap that made House, um, yep. which is what turned me onto it because I just finished a rewatch of House, which is my favourite TV show of all time that doesn't involve the Starship hey. Enterprise. Um, you <laughs> you, you and I, and in there. both of us, House is both of our favourite show. Oh, let's That's do it. Let's, let's, we need a side podcast now just talking about House. I'll do um, it. Don't, don't, don't send me. Let's do it. Um, no, I, yeah, love House so much. And this is just, in so many ways, identical and the antithesis to House as well. The stuff that Sean Murphy says could easily come out of House's mouth but for completely different reasons. Where House is saying it deliberately, to, out of spite or whatever, Sean is saying it out of just pure innocence and ignorance to how how he should be saying things. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love it. If for some reason you haven't watched it, watch it. It's There's obviously medical things and surgery in it, so if that's a trigger for you, don't. Um, but yeah, it's a great show. Brilliant. Yeah. Aaron knows that whenever that show is running, that it's my favourite show. Uh, that that like is on TV. Yep, and, uh, I've championed it many a many a time. Yeah, it's and great. I'm glad that it's made its way overseas now. Yep, I bet. Have to get it on Amazon. I think. I think we got it mm. on Amazon. I bet okay. I would enjoy this show. Uh, I don't ever plan on watching it. I'm so burnt out on medical shows. Um, House was really the last one that uh that i watched and i just i'm not ready yet maybe down the line maybe mm-hmm. when it finishes its run maybe i'll i'll do a run on it but um but yeah i've heard nothing because of things so yeah i'm very similar i was burnt out after house and i was like but i still i wanted more house and this is as close to yeah more seasons of house as we can get yeah. so i think if you're going to jump back in highly recommend you do it yeah. with the good doctor very nice uh so that is uh cosmic sin on Netflix, uh, Schmigadoon yes. on Apple TV Plus, and The Good Doctor, which I believe has all four seasons available on Hulu here stateside. Uh, we did it, guys! We did Woo-hoo! 300 main episodes of this podcast. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. 
Thank Woo. you to Drew for graphics. Woo! And thank you to Ian for hanging out with us for show 300. Uh, Ian, do you have anything you want to promote anywhere you want to send people? Um, yeah, I have a, a thing I said this last time. I've got a movie podcast called um, An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. Um, the very first thing we ever did was a deep dive on Christopher Nolan. So if you want to hear me gush about Dunkirk and Inception, that's the place to do it. Um, those episodes are a bit rusty because we were still finding a groove, but um, it's that's probably my favourite conversation that we've had on, on the show. I absolutely loved it. Um, and other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Galactic underscore Dave. An Englishman and an Irishman go to the movies. Again, is the name of the podcast if you want to check that out. Danae says, congrats on 300. Well, Danae, we couldn't have done it without you. That's right. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I hope you weren't here for Jules. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, thank you to our Sif Pop members as well for making 300 episodes possible. We couldn't have done them without you either. And if you're interested in finding out what it means to be a Sif Pop member, Starts at $3 a month, and at the different levels, there's different perks, including uh, an ad-free podcast with all the main episodes and the bonus episodes and the spoiler episodes uh, with no ads involved. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. If you want to interact with us, you can do that in a few ways. Uh, You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, wherever you listen, or you can email us at feedback at SIFPOP.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than cutting a self-healing umbilical cord. Uh, We'll be back next week with Jungle Cruise. Uh, We'll be back with Jungle Cruise next week, and we'll see you then. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.